Hey friends, welcome to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I'm so glad that you're here today. This show is a safe space with real conversations to help you live free and pursue your God-given dreams. Oftentimes, God brings things up because they are on the way out. Lean into the topic that God's bringing up today on Growing Slow. Be sure to stick around till the end of the show for a short segment where I share counselor-approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. Today's guest, Jennifer Dukes-Lee, lives on the fifth-generation Lee family farm in Iowa, where she and her husband are raising crops, pigs, and two beautiful humans. She writes books, loves queso, and enjoys singing too loudly to songs with great harmony. Once upon a time, she didn't believe in Jesus, but now he's her CEO. Jennifer and I discussed the topic of her latest book, Growing Slow, which is full of lessons on unhurrying your heart. This book came at the perfect time in my life. I know you're going to glean so much wisdom from this episode, so let's jump into that conversation I had with Jennifer on Growing Slow. Well, hello, Jennifer, and welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you today. Um, Before we dive into all the things, one of the first questions I ask my guests is, what's a fun fact about you that we didn't read on your bio? Oh, man, you know what? That I was a mime. I was once a mime. What? (laughs) I promise not to be a mime on your podcast, but I was a mime in high school. And I loved it so much. We did it for speech competitions in high school. And I was actually pretty good at it um, and won some awards at some contests in high school. And then I kept on doing it into college. How fun. Okay, I have a challenge for you. You need to go on Instagram and do an IG reel demonstrating your mime skills. I would love that so much. (laughs) Oh man, I, I need to brush up on the mime skills. You know, it's been a good... 30 years. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that would be awesome. Okay, well, that's a very fun fact. I've never heard from any of my guests thus far in 112 interviews. So congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Probably one that most people wouldn't admit. I mean, mimes can be kind of creepy. Yeah, my sister, my sister did that. I I think it takes real skill. And actually, it shows what a great communicator you are. You know, (laughs) exactly. So it doesn't completely surprise me. Um, Okay, so today we're talking about your latest book that's actually releasing um, the uh, guess a week later than when this episode is releasing, and it's called Growing Slow, Lessons on Unhurrying Your Heart from an Accidental Farm Girl. Oh, this is exciting. Okay, so before we dive into all the questions I have for you, I have to just tell you, and I wanted the listeners to hear me say this, this book has been therapy for my heart in this season. Uh, I'm in a, um, you know, just a a season of finishing a lot of big projects, finishing graduate school and different things. And my, I feel like I've battled for my heart in this season and my mind in this season. And so your book, um, you know, at night before I go to bed to just unwind reading it, it, it's just been therapeutic for me. So thank you from, from me. And that makes me really excited for the listeners to get their hands on this as well. 
Wow, that means so much. You know, you spend a couple of years researching and praying about content and writing content. And then in these early days when first readers are starting to get to read it, like podcasters, people like you, and you hear that kind of feedback, it is so rewarding. So thank you. I'm really excited about the book too. Yeah. And I also just loved it because obviously, like I said, it speaks to me in this season, but also it's just a message you don't hear a ton about, right? I mean, right. there's so many courses and quotes and all the things on get after it and get out there, girl, and get it done and all of this, which you know what, those are great in their own way because they're teaching us how to do something or whatever, but not enough people are talking about growing slow and even more importantly, which we'll get to going deep, right? right. Um, and so that just excited me so much. So how has this mindset of growing slow changed the way you live your, your life? And really, have you always had a growing slow mindset? No, I, the book that I probably could have written a lot more quickly is one called Growing Fast, because that's my personality. I'm an Enneagram three. I'm an overachiever. If you want something done, just ask me to do it. Uh, this feeling that, you know, I have to be the most responsible person in, in the room. And I always have a list a mile long and it energizes me. You know, people have often associated me with phrases like hustle and go big or go home because that's the way I've lived. And there are times and places for living like that. There are times when I do have to hustle and get things done. And I'm glad that I've had the energy for it for the most part. But what happened to me had less to do with what was on my calendar and more to do what was hanging around my heart. And I had a hurry sickness. I had a hurried heart. And I had gone to the doctor thinking there was something wrong with me because I was having a hard time sleeping. I was having um, digestive issues, pains, weird, random pains. And I'm like, what, what do I have? And he's like, you, you know, we've done all these tests. We've done, we did MRIs, CAT scans, blood tests. I mean, you name it. And he said, what you have is like this hurry sickness and it's a real trauma on your body. And it was the way I was living and the cure had to be an inside job. It had to be a complete reversal of psychology, of my own psychology and my own way of living and a mindset shift that didn't just happen overnight, but that was very hard because the concept of growing slow feels is very countercultural. I used to be super irritated when people tell me I needed to slow down um, because I had things to do and uh, stuff to accomplish. And um, I didn't, I didn't like the idea of having to slow down and not get those things done. But when it started to take a toll on my body, um, I knew, knew that I needed to for my health. But also once I began to embrace the concepts of growing slow, crazy as it is, growing slow has become my superpower because it's made me more effective in all of those things that I care about the most, all of those seeds that I've been planting, all that stuff that I want to grow, whether it's in my relationships with people, in my marriage, in my faith, in my ministry, in my social media platforms, all of those things are actually doing better now when I learned how to dial it all back. I was afraid to do it because I was like, I'm going to have to, I'll be, people will think I'm lazy or I'm going to fall behind but in fact, doing these things really made me weirdly more productive than ever before. Yeah, I love that you said that because again, you know, we don't always cheer for people who are growing slow, right? Like we all are very impressed by people who uh, are doing 
what some people call quote unquote overnight success, which my husband and I laugh at that statement because I don't think that's a thing. They were like, for example, my husband and I have been business owners for 10 years now. And we've had people say, wow, how did you just, um, you know, our business has come into a growth season and people think it just happened. And we're like, no, you weren't here for those 10 years of <laughs> when we were growing very slow. And sometimes it felt like there was no growth happening at all. And I'm with you, my superpower in our business, in this podcast, in the different things God has called me to has been to keep showing up even when I can't see the growth. That I think is a superpower. Seriously, it takes a lot of character to keep showing up when you're like, huh, I'm not sure this is even like, are we doing anything here? I don't know, you know? (laughs) That is where the magic happens. You know, I'm an acquisitions editor in addition to being a a book author. And so I'm constantly scouting out people who might be able to write a book. I mean, that's my job is recruiting authors. And I am always far more interested in somebody who just shows up every day in their platforms, doing the thing they do, um, than I am in finding somebody who just hit it big with some viral post. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's more meaningful to me to find somebody who's, you know, deep rooted kind of growth than somebody who's just, and you're right. The idea, the notion of of overnight success is, is a myth Mm -hmm. because there's so much work and effort and time sitting behind what you see right now. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Okay. So another thing I'm very fascinated about with you and a lot of your content from the book comes from is you live on 700 acres. Now, my husband and I just bought five acres, which here in Texas and DFW area, that's considered to be a lot of land. But when I'm like 700 acres, I want to come play. Like, okay, <laughs> seriously. And I loved how you you talk a lot about that in the book, which again, I'm a very visual person. So I think that's what also draws me into the way you write. Tell me and tell us how that farm life has affected this whole message of growing slow for you. Right. So this is a fifth generation family farm. And um, my house is literally surrounded by cornfields and bean fields. And we also have about a thousand pigs, by the way, um, which is really fun. (laughs) Anyway, um, this living on a farm and seeing life through the lens of a farmer and what it means to grow slow with crops and how to apply that metaphorically to my own life has been super powerful. And really that is how I learned the ancient way of growing slow was paying attention to what God is doing in seasons. So for instance, every spring, right about now, Scott heads out to the field and he plants literally millions of seeds into the ground and they go, they get pushed down into the dark. And if I was a corn seed, I would be totally freaking out. Like, why am I in this dark cold place? Is anything ever good going to grow out of this? How can anything good grow here? And I mean, a lot of people are in that place, right? As they're growing a business or a relationship or whatever, but sure enough, invariably within days or sometimes weeks, a little hint of green will show up above the ground and it's glorious and it's beautiful and it's a miracle. It really is. And then over time, uh, really, you know, weeks, you'll see that there's been growth, but day by day, it's sometimes imperceptible. You can't tell. And the same is true of us as people. While we're growing up little by little, we're putting down roots at the same time. And I say roots, you may say roots. So I just wanted to acknowledge that (laughs) some people say that word differently, but 
we're putting down deep roots that will sustain the plant uh, in times of drought and storm. And the same way for us, as we grow, we can get a little obsessed with the upward growth and upward mobility, but what matters most and what will hold us steady in storms and droughts is what's going down the deep roots. Then of course comes harvest and harvest is so fun on a farm and it's so fun in life to be able to hold that fully ripened thing in your hand, whether it's an idea or a ear of corn, (laughs) but we're all in in moments of planting and growing and harvesting. What happens with people though, is we constantly want to be in those three places. Like let's just do more planting. Let's just do more growing. Let's just do more harvesting. That's fun. What we don't like is the winter winter seasons of the soul. Like who wants to embrace a winter season of the soul? Nobody, but this land teaches us that winter when the, when it looks like nothing is growing is extremely important to the land and it makes the land better come spring. Uh, My husband calls it the healing of the land. He says that there's all kinds of things happening in the ground that make that land better come spring. And so I think that we need to let winter do its work in us too, that we aren't made to grow all the time like a plant does in summer, but that their winter serves its purpose for us as people as well. Yeah. What kind of a season do you feel like we as a culture have been in lately? I know individually it's different for each person, but like kind of what we went through with the whole pandemic and all of that. Right. Um, Definitely a prolonged winter. It was really interesting to write the winter chapters at the very beginning of lockdown Mm. uh, because all of a sudden this my idea of how to grow slow, we're making intentional choices about growing slow. And all of a sudden we were in a period of enforced slowness, like growing slow was forced upon the world. And that was a really, it was kind of (laughs) tripping me out, like to think, oh my goodness, this is crazy that I'm writing these chapters. So I actually wrote a chapter um, about what we learned in those early days. And they, they were all the things that somebody would do in winter seasons of life um, where we're not producing a lot. There was like, we had whited out calendars, but the craziest thing was a lot of us still had hurried hearts, Mm -hmm. even though we didn't have a lot going on. Um, We felt the anxiety and the pressure of just what are we going to do and what's going to happen and feeling like we were going to fall behind and whatever we had going on. I know, I know younger friends in their twenties right now that say I lost a whole year of dating. Mm. And now that the world is beginning to open up, there's this temptation to rush forward. But I think we need to just push pause before we jump back into spring, summer and autumn before we jump back into growing and think about what did this prolonged season of winter teach us? I think um, it taught us a lot about relationships and how we had neglected connection for me, it taught me a lot about, I was probably more creative in figuring out how to love my neighbor well than I ever had been before, because I knew that neighbors were lonely. I knew that elderly people needed help getting their groceries. Um, there were all these things. And I mean, we were all like doing drive-by birthday parties and teaching grandma how to do a Zoom call. And I really don't want to go back to all of that. But I love the essence of what we were doing. I I received more greeting cards in my 
my regular old mailbox than I had for a long time because people were sitting around thinking, how can I connect with people I love? And I was sending more cards. I was doing puzzles, longer lingering dinners with my family around the table. All those things are so valuable, but they only happen when we allow ourselves to live through some winter seasons. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that your husband said that the winter is healing because then it makes sense that we would avoid that because, you know, um, as a counselor, I had actually just, whenever COVID hit, had just started my internship um, to start seeing clients. And at first we were all afraid, oh no, are we are we going to get the number of hours we need? Because I don't know, you know, it was still in that beginning phase of what's going to happen. And counselors across the board can say, we're so busy, we can't keep up with the demand. You know, like my schedule is so full. I There's literally a wait list for people to, to see me. And, and I speak of that for myself, but my fellow counselors as well. And yes, part of that was obviously going through a hard, you know, different um, things that came up in the pandemic. But I believe it's also because the force slow forces us to deal with the stuff that comes up, you know, things that probably, right. Yeah. I mean, they had been there for a long time, but we just finally had this space for them to actually emerge, you know? This is so good. I've got to tell you a story from the farm. And it's a story that I tell both in the book and in the Bible study, Growing Slow. But out here, the first job that I ever had was, it was called picking rock. And it's, we were rock pickers. And Farmers would come into town and they would take us out to their fields and we would have to walk the rows miles and miles picking up rocks because the frost thaw cycle of winter made these rocks emerge and come up into the fields and you had to take them out of the field because it would damage the equipment come spring planting. So we would go through and it's called picking rock, even though there was more than one, there were like thousands of rocks. And the craziest thing is that um, the next year it would happen all over again. So we'd go back to those same fields and there are new rocks every year. Scott called me uh, last uh, spring and he's like, Jennifer, you got to come out here and see this. It was a rock. I kid you not the size of a living room recliner. It was enormous. And he had to dig it out with a skid loader. And so that is the power of winter at work with rocks, what if we allowed winter to do its work in us, lifting stones, the burdens that we carry down within us, and we allowed God to pick rock. And sometimes those things are huge and embedded and they've been there very, very long time. And it's like a living room size recliner rock that we're carrying around inside of us. Sometimes it's something very small. And we know that even a pebble in your shoe is super irritating, but we got to get rid of that one too. And so I take women actually through a process of picking rock um, in the Bible study. And I show that enormous, gigantic living room sized, uh, living room recliner sized rock in the video. And it's a metaphor for exactly what you're talking about in your counseling sessions, letting that stuff come up and get taken away. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm, I've got goosebumps over here because at the beginning of this show in, in my intro that we do, I say a statement. I say that God brings things up because they're on the way out. Like that's really the heart behind the show is to talk about these kinds of things because they're coming up so they can go out, which is a good thing. But most people don't like the coming up process. You know, we want to just shove it back down, but it doesn't get rid of it. It might shove it down for a minute and then it's going to pop back up. And a lot of times it pops back up in a situation that you really wish it wouldn't have, you know, or a time you're 
you wish you had worked it out before then, right? So Absolutely. And so in the same way that those rocks can hurt equipment in planting, the burdens that we're carrying around hurt the equipment, so to speak. They're hurting us. Like we think that we can just muscle through and power through and soldier on and just keep pushing through and ignore all of this stuff that we've been carrying around for a long time. But that period of enforced slowness, that long prolonged winter season, um, it just, it caused us to take a look at our, ourselves and uh, we just, some things that maybe we didn't like. And I know that as this world begins to open back up, I know that there are certain things I don't want to go back to. There is, there's a lot of that old stuff that was normal in my life that I'm going to leave behind. And I want to take the good things with. And one of those things that I want to leave behind are, are these rocks. I have a PO box in town, PO box 327 where people who take the Bible study can send me a paper rock. It's got their burden. They'll write their burden on it and they'll send it to me. And my husband and I built a wall in the barn and we painted it and we're attaching all of those burdens to the wall. And I'm I'm praying over them. And then I'm painting over them as a sort of act of solidarity with people who just want to lay their burdens down and let winter do its work. And so I think it'll be a really interactive way of part, with women who are just like, God is picking rock out of the soil of my heart today. Yeah. So at the end of this show, I do a let's get real practical segment. I'm already deciding as we're talking, I think that's the thing I'm going to have them do, do the rock. I mean, I love that so much. So is that, I know you said it's in the Bible study portion. Is that a separate thing from the book? Yes. So there is a, there is a book and a Bible study, but if they go to um, growingslowbook.com slash resources, there will be a PDF of that rock. They can print that out and send it to me at that PO box 327 Inwood, Iowa, 51240. And there will also be um, videos. If you pre-order the book now, there's videos that are free. And the sixth video shows exactly how I'm going to do that. And so if you pre-order the book now, you can see, you can see that wall in the barn. You can see that PO box. You can see that gigantic rock and you can see what we are doing with the burdens that people want to lay down. Perfect. Yeah. We'll make sure all that's in today's show notes so they can grab that for sure. Today's episode is brought to you by JoyMail, the monthly newsletter I release that's full of resources that deliver a little joy and practical action steps into your inbox and life. To sign up, simply head to rachelgilbert.com, click the Start Here tab, and sign up for the newsletter right there. Oh my goodness, this conversation is amazing. I've asked three of my 14 questions that I had planned, so we're doing great. <laughs> no. I have a lot to say. I don't let you have a word in. Oh, I'm no, afraid. no, no. No, all of my guests, I think, um, or I, I try to tell you all, and my listeners know this by now, I make a plan and then I submit it to the Lord and I say, What direction do you want to go? And He wanted us to land on that winter season. Like, I really feel like that's the, that was the direction that He is calling out. So I want to encourage you listeners to lean into that. There's there's a reason he's highlighting that today. Um, and so I just, I love when he highlights a specific theme for um, for a show. So another thing that a lot of people tell ourselves, I've, I've for sure have thought this in many areas of my own life, is that I should be further along by now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I, don't, I don't even know how many times I've thought that in different areas of my life. 
Um, what would you say to somebody who's who's thinking that? Well, you are not alone, first of all. I think we have all felt that, and that is the number one reason why we are, we are all in a hurry, because we think we have to make up for lost time. We treat time like an enemy. It's something to be squeezed and attacked and put pushed into boxes, and we say, we're running out of time, or I don't have enough time. And it's constantly this enemy, but God is teaching us um, through his word and his patterns and his pace that God and time are friends and we are not falling behind. I think if we saw our progress the same way that God did, we would think about things a whole lot differently than we do. But the truth is we are living with that hanging on our backs all the time this idea I'm falling behind or I should be further along by now. So for high school kids, it's, I need to know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life, what I'm going to major in and what I'm going to be doing when I'm 30 years old, even though I hardly know anybody <laughs> that is doing exactly what they thought they were when they were still a kid, but there's this pressure to know. And then you get to college if you go to college and there's this pressure to find your person um, before all the good ones are taken. And then you, if you do get married, there's this pressure to have kids and then how many kids and there's pressure to get a house and to buy a house. And then there's pressure to advance in your career. Pretty soon you need a bigger house and then you need a lake house. I mean, all like there's always something. There's some new milestone of sorts that we think that we have to reach. And it has us constantly running toward the next thing. We never even really are getting to enjoy what's already growing. And so my hope in growing slow too, is that I can validate the small good things that are already growing in the fields where God has placed you. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I think I know I'm guilty of that for sure of trying to, uh, running ahead that you're not even embracing the current season. So what are some practical ways we can stop in the season we're in and just fully take it all in? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there's a lot of practical things that I could give to your listeners that they can put into place like today. Um, but I, I, I want to emphasize that there aren't five easy steps to growing slow. It is a complete undoing and unlearning of everything that we've been taught so far. So understanding that, that this is a real mindset shift and a philosophy shift that takes some time to work its way down into the depth of things. However, there are things that we can do practically to slow down every day. And one of those things is setting your alarm 10 minutes earlier and deciding I am going to welcome the day. I'm going to set the tone for the day. And I know that some people will do quiet time or, or Bible reading or whatever. I mean, it can be those things. Those are wonderful things but just a way to welcome the day and to set a tone, whether it's with a glass of water, staring out the window, I don't know what it is for you, but doing that stops the cortisol and adrenaline levels from shooting up into those fight or flight levels that have us hurried all day long. Another thing that we can all do is to stop checking our phones when we are in places like target shopping lines, the checkout lines, or at stoplights. And um, there's obvious safety reasons why one should not do that. But the other thing is, if you have like an urgent text or an urgent email that you feel needs attention right now, 
and you aren't actually physically able to do it at that point because of where you are standing or driving or whatever, hurry hangs around your heart. You have a hurried heart because you have this urgent thing that you need to take care of, but you're physically incapable of doing it. So you're not able to just complete the tasks at hand or whatever you have going on right in that moment. So we've got to stop checking the phones like that. The people who are the most stressed out and hurried uh, statistics show are actually people who check their phones most often. So that should be a sign for us. And then the third one is to um, really embrace the concepts of the slow food movement, uh, which is really trying to get us to think about eating more mindfully And that's great. Like if you're wanting to just kind of watch your weight or whatever, maybe even lose a few COVID pounds, because if you eat more mindfully, then you're, you're giving your brain time to tell your body that it's full. But beyond that, it helps you just enjoy the process of eating. God gave us food as a gift. And so many of us are just eating, standing up and putting the food in without really tasting it. And so to really adopt some of those principles of the slow food movement is something that we can all do starting today. Yeah. I love the statement you just said, hurry hangs around your heart. That is, I don't know if you have that in a quote yet, but you need to put that on a a graphic. That's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Giving you all kinds of uh, content ideas today. But that just really sticks with me and it convicts me as well. Like you said, um, we're just constantly living in this frame of just that hurry and then it just lodges in there around your heart. Before mm-hmm. we get off, I want to make sure we're able to talk a little bit about, we, we briefly touched on this in the beginning, putting down deep roots. Mm-hmm. I, I just, that's something that is near and dear to my heart. And I feel like I have definitely been in a season of the Lord really having me do some deep roots in some areas, which has been so good, right? It's not always comfortable, but it's it's been so good. So um, tell us a little bit about that and um, what you write about it in the book, but also what you've learned about it on your farm life. Yes. So um, here on this fifth generation farm, I mean, we've put down deep roots, <laughs> a family that, you know, over 150 years of doing the same thing here um, on these the same bit of land. And um, there's a term called sustainable agriculture that is really about tending the land and taking care of the land, not just for our own use, but thinking ahead to generations. And I think that's what it looks like to um, let's be sustainable people. Let's adopt the principles of sustainable agriculture and apply them to our lives. And what that looks like for us is um, thinking longer term about the things that we're doing and the people that we're becoming, how that impacts future generations. So putting down deep roots for me means that I care more about things like character development, um, virtues like honesty and justice and um, kindness and generosity that I want God to grow in me because those are the things that create deep-rooted, meaningful, sustainable living. And not only that, but the that's the kind of way that I want to parent my children. I'm a, the mother of two teenage daughters and I can see now the fruit that comes from deep-rooted living, things that I didn't think were all that important when the girls were young during those long, boring days of motherhood, that stuff actually matters. And I do spend a lot of time in the book validating that kind of activity in moms in particular, because we think that some of it isn't really going to 
make any deep impact. And we think that our real work is done when we can coordinate kids' nap schedules or something. But what I'm seeing now is something that I couldn't see exactly then, that all of those little things have put down deep roots that have helped my girls stand strong in storms. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great reminder. I'm I'm in the the thick of kids being um, a little under 10 and then one that in, is in teen years. And so that's very encouraging to hear that as a reminder. Um, so what would you, the, the final question I'm going to ask you here today is what would be some advice or wisdom you'd give to the person listening who goes, okay, this all sounds great, but how do I you know, like, how can I honestly do this, especially if, if you do have a busy schedule and different things? I know you, you gave some practical tips, but even just some encouragement for their heart um, as they pursue this growing slow mindset. I know that it can seem impossible, but I'm telling you that I, I am one of the, honestly one of the busiest people I know. I really am. I've, I'm a mom of two busy girls. I am the wife of a farmer who we're in the thick of planting. I am a book author and I am an acquisitions editor for one of the, mo- the biggest publishing houses in the Christian publishing houses in the world. So I am busy and I am productive and I have been able to grow slow and not lose my edge. Being growing slow, there is a magic to it because it helps you hone in and laser focus on what your priority seeds are. And it uh, sets aside things like multitasking and having 15 tabs open on your computer and in your mind, but really zeroing in, um, batching tasks, accepting where I am adopting this philosophy that it can't easily be duplicated from one life to another because everybody's circumstances are different. But I'm telling you, people will say, I just don't know if I can afford to do that. And I, I'm just like, well, how is that life of hustle treating you right now? It might seem boring. It might sound like you're going to lose your edge. You might be afraid you're going to disappoint people, which you probably will. It might, you might think, ah, people are going to think I'm lazy. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But what I'm telling you is that if you give some of this just even two weeks, I think you'll see a difference in living with an unhurried heart instead of a hurried one. I like that you said priority seeds, because actually a, a real message I'm taking too from this today is this is not saying you don't do anything, right? You're clearly still, you've got lots of goals and you're working on some big, important projects, but even just your illustration of the phone, like you, like that constant urge to always feel like it's almost like a low level, a low grade anxiety when we're just constantly kind of being on on call essentially is what that would be that anybody could reach me at any point via text via email and that i think wears on us more than sitting down and saying oh i'm going to tackle this one big project or i'm going to you know i'm going to do some good work or i'm going to do some good writing really focused and um with a purpose and priority as opposed to just always kind of being available you absolutely nailed it I love that. That is exactly right. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, tell us uh, where listeners can connect with you and then also tell them a little bit more about where they can get your book. Yes. So you can connect with me at Jennifer Dukes Lee um, on all social media platforms. And that's also the name of my website for Growing Slow Book. You go to growingslowbook.com. And right now I have $47 worth of freebies for you, including six 
free Bible study videos and then a behind the scenes video, which is super fun. And then I have um, a free guided journal and growth tracker that is, it goes through a year of your growth, helps you identify priority seeds. There's a commission to grow slow in there. And then you can track your growth month by month to see, yeah, what's flourishing and what's languishing and what matters most. Go grab those. And um, we will definitely have all those links in today's show notes. Well, Jennifer, thank you again for taking time to come on the show. I have loved talking to you, loved reading your book, and I can't wait for the listeners to meet you. Thank you. Well, it's time for one of my favorite parts of the show where we get real practical. This is the part of the show that we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps you can implement into your life right now. In today's episode, we discussed growing slow. Now, did I have to know, did you get goosebumps when Jennifer described how the stones rise up to the surface and how they have to be removed for a good harvest? I could not believe the analogy that she was sharing because as you know, that's the heart behind this show. And so it seems fitting to have that be the focus of today's Real Practical segment. Now, if you're able to, download the printable that Jennifer mentioned in today's episode. But for those of you driving or unable to do that for any reason, I want to ask a few questions to get your mind thinking about what you would write on one of those stones. So I've just got a couple questions here for you today. The first question is, what did God bring up today that he wants to move out of your heart? You know, I ask this question often, and I, like I said, I say that at the beginning of the show, that God's bringing things up because they're on the way out. I really loved how Jennifer gave us that visual that every harvest season, every every year, they have to go remove the stones. And it's more than one stone. And sometimes the stones are really big. Sometimes they're a little bit smaller. They come in all shapes and sizes. That visual will never leave me. And I am just thrilled that she shared that with you all. Like We did not plan that as part of the show. That It just came up because, of course, the Holy Spirit knew it needed to be brought up. But I just want to encourage you. There's a reason why I worded this question. What is God bringing up today? Like right now, as you're listening to this episode or in the, in the coming days after you've listened to this episode, because all he's asking us to deal with is what he's bringing up today. He's not asking us to deal with what he brought up last week or last month or last year, or even what you think he might bring up in the days to come. He brings up certain things at a certain time because we're ready and able to handle it in that season. So ask, just even if you could narrow down to one thing, what is he bringing up today? Now, the next thing is write it down. And then if you want to, you can take time to mail it to Jennifer. If possible, though, I would love if you would take a screenshot and send it to me too. Uh, I would love to join her in praying over you. Uh, to send it to me, you can either tag me on social media at Rachel J. Gilbert, or if you're not a social media fan, or maybe it's a, something on your stone that you'd rather, you know, people not see it, not be public, you could just email it to Rachel at rachelgilbert.com. And of course, I would not share those anywhere. That concludes our Get Real Practical segment for today. If God spoke a word to you, would you leave a review and tell us about it? or even share this episode with a friend. 
I would love to hear all of the things that God is doing in you through this podcast. I pray this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.